0: Welcome to the Big League's Grant Anderson. Rangers rookie reliever comes in in a huge situation and has maybe the best reliever debut that I have ever seen. Rangers win the series against the Tigers. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day we we'll
0: You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Wednesday, May 31st. Your Rangers are 35 and 19 alone atop the AOS, three games ahead of the Houston Astros. Exactly one One third of the way into the season on today's show, we're looking at a big picture where this Rangers team stacks up a fantastic day yet again from the bullpen and a great major league debut. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, I want to bring you back to a day, April 2nd. 2019 you may you may not have remembered this day um the rangers made a a fairly significant trade okay, okay wasn't that significant wasn't that significant at the time and it, it's maybe might not be significant and this might just be one little flash in the pan but the rangers traded connor sadzik a reliever who threw 100 miles an hour that was straight as an arrow to the seattle mariners for a reliever who was funky with some deception had some good strikeout numbers in grant Anderson Anderson made his Major League debut on Tuesday in relief in a big spot, a much bigger spot than I thought the Rangers would put him in. He is a 25-year-old right-hander who is described as funky, is is the best way that I can describe him. That's very accurate. He throws right-handed. He was drafted by the Mariners in 2018, the 21st round. uh, Overall pick number 628 out of McNeese State. He was born in Port Arthur, Texas, so a Texas native good good on him um nice little feather in his cap but the, the real feather in his cap was maybe the most impressive major league debut i've ever seen from a rookie reliever coming in in a huge spot the rangers were battling for their lives in this one the offense was clicking on all cylinders and well a second straight start that the rangers did not get a whole lot from their starting pitcher well i guess a third straight start where the rangers got five or fewer innings from their starting pitcher that has not been a trend and this martin perez blow-up start was the first time in the last maybe the second time in the last 11 starts Uh, i believe i saw on the broadcast that the rangers actually no, it it was the first time in the last 11 games for the rangers that a texas rangers starting pitcher has allowed more than two runs. That's the kind of streak that this Rangers starting staff has been on. It's a good staff. It is a consistent staff. It is full of guys who are not going to pitch their way out of games. Even in this one when Perez was struggling, even in his blow-up starts, he has not let the Rangers get out of it. Usually the offense has been clicking while he has been having these struggling starts and it's been a little frustrating that to see him struggle while the Rangers offense is going so well. And he just has to go and be aggressive and attack hitters. And well, this, this seemed like a matchup that would be perfect for him. I was listening to the locked on tigers podcast. Um, Shout out to that fantastic podcast on our network. And he, he was looking at Martin Perez's numbers and, and thinking Scott Bentley. That is the host was saying, well, Martin Perez is a guy who pitches really well with, you know, allowing runners on base and, um, you know, pitches well in big spots with runners in scoring position, which the Tigers offense has been truly dreadful at hitting with runners in scoring position. Well, well, today they kind of made up, they kind of regressed to the mean, or on Tuesday, I should say. Even though it was only one for six with runners in scoring position, it they worked a lot of walks. They did some smart base running. They also got a pair of home runs, one from the number nine hole hitter and one from old friend Andy Ibanez, who came in for Riley Green, who had an injury in this game. He has been placed on the 10-day IL. It's a real shame. Green was having a fantastic season, a very highly touted prospect, and looked like he was breaking out this year. Um, and they also just placed their ace on the IL the day before. So uh, not, things aren't going great for the Tigers. Rangers might be able to take this sweep and kind of crush their soul even a little bit more. I might feel a little bit bad for it, but I don't feel bad for this Grant Anderson debut comes in. Pitches two and two-thirds innings allows just one hit, a single from Miguel Cabrera, which will happen. Cabrera had a three hit game and it's it was kind of weird seeing him in the seven hole and being a real shell of his former self. But hey, he could still he could still put together a really nice game. But Anderson struck out seven batters, including his first four that he faced. Seven strikeouts two and two thirds innings. Yeah, you heard that right. Just absolutely exceptional stuff. That is eight outs and seven, seven of them were retired via strikeout. This is, this is the kind of stuff that the Rangers have been waiting for. And it wasn't just him in the pen that was doing well. Cole Reagans comes in and gets two outs no base runners and gets a strikeout as well. Will Smith comes in in a non-save situation. The Rangers added one more for insurance at the top of the ninth, but Smith hadn't pitched in quite a few days. So they thought, okay, let's, let's go ahead and get him back in there because the last time that Smith did pitch in a non-save situation, gave up a couple of runs to Baltimore in, I believe it was that Saturday game that the Rangers ended up winning. Just go get Smith back on the mound and say, all right, well, the Rangers are in a close game again in the afternoon game. Well, they're probably not going to be able to go to Smith but there are three high leverage guys that pitched on the Monday game that looked right and did not allow any runs um, also will be available for this afternoon game that is probably ha- happening or happened as you are listening to this. But the Rangers bullpen the last three games, this is a three-game trend that this bullpen has been doing very, very well. The last three games, the bullpen has combined for 12 and a third innings, one run, four hits, four walks, 13 strikeouts. This bullpen, the crux of all the issues in May, which has been a a very good May where the Rangers have only lost one series in the month of May. Only one, and it was to the Braves, and it was because of some bullpen shenanigans. The Rangers honestly feel like they could have gone, you know, had a even better record in the month of May and gained even more ground on the Astros, um, or I guess lost less ground. The Astros have been red hot in the month of May, but it doesn't matter because the Rangers have been so good. And the reason that they have lost any ground at all to the Astros is because the pen has been a question mark, a, you know, exclamation mark of, of badness for the most part and untrustworthy. And it's looking like the relievers are getting right. I, I was preaching this for the last, you know, three weeks or months, whatever long it's been that this bullpen has been an absolute struggle bus, but the Rangers have guys that are capable of being big league, high leverage relievers. And they just all happen to catch a case of the can't throw strikes or can't stop giving up clutch hits or home runs case at the same time. And it was, it was going around everywhere and this is just a recipe for disaster if you only have one guy in your the back end of your bullpen that you can trust and will smith then you got to bridge it to him somewhere he can't come in and get five out saves all the time especially when he comes out um in a situation where the bases are loaded like that say that huge save number 100 for his career that he had against the pirates that was just absolutely massive and super super needed and thankfully he was able to give the Rangers a complete game in that series because that was when the pen felt like it was at its worst. But right now, it feels like it's almost at its best. I don't know how sustainable all of the success for Grant Anderson is, but... He's done well. He's done well at every level he's been at. He has gotten strikeouts at every level he's been at. He was getting four swings and miss. He's got eight swings. Four of them were whiffs on his four seamer. Got six called strikes with the slider. The sinker um, was also getting a lot of called strikes as well and got a swing and a miss and a changeup. He's got four pitches. A four seamer that is ninety. Tops out at topped out at 93, average 92 miles an hour. A sinker, also around 92, a slider around 85, and a changeup around eighty-six point seven was its average miles per hour in this one. But he used them effectively. He was around the zone. He was in the zone when he needed to and was able to get chases out of the zone when he needed to as well. And uh he was just incredibly effective for the Rangers in this one and just a huge, huge spot. Two and two thirds innings for rookie in that spot is just is just massive. The Rangers are on 105-win pace a third of the way into the season. According to Fangraphs, they have an 80.1% chance to make the playoffs. (laughs) 80.1% heading into June. We're in the last day of May. And according to Baseball Reference, they have an 82.5% chance to make the postseason and 4.4% chance to make the World Series that's incredible. This team is so good. It is so deep. And we are seeing that even if there is some regression in some parts of this team with the starting pitching, if if Martin Perez is going to have some off days, or if even the top of the order is is not going to have their best days, the middle third will absolutely come through. And it did in a big, big way for the Rangers in this. We're going to get into what the middle third of the order did, why it's so important, and Josh Young it might just be running away with the American League Rookie of the Year vote. We're going to get into all of that. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. There's no better time to place all bets on the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook. The Stars are out of the playoffs, unfortunately, but the NHL Stanley Cup Finals are here. You can bet on the Florida Panthers, or you can bet yeah, against the Vegas Golden Knights if you're still a little bit bummed, like myself, about the Stars being knocked out of the playoffs. Or you can bet on the NBA Finals, the Heat versus the Nuggets. That would be some great action. Or you can bet on the Rangers to win the World Series. I bet they have pretty decent odds. Or you can bet on Josh Young for his AOP rookie of the year odds. I bet those odds are getting um, less favorable. You're going to win less money every every day that you wait because Josh Young just keeps on trucking looking like the American League rookie of the year. If you put those, if you put your money on it very early on, then I bet you could win quite a bit of money. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked in to get a no-sweat bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: New game day shirt
0: Shout out to the everydayers. Thank y'all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day um, on tomorrow's show, I'll be talking about where the Rangers are a third of the way into the season. A little bit more of a big picture view where they're stacking up. You can The Rangers play the Mariners this weekend. You can catch every pitch of the Hometown Broadcast on the SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the middle third of this order went absolutely nuclear in this one. They got a four-hit game from Adolis Garcia. They got a three-hit game from Josh Young with a massive home run and a double. And they got a two-hit, one-walk, four-RBI day for Jonah Heim. The middle third of this order, I think, is is one of the best, if not the best, in all of baseball. And when it's going, it it is just incredible. It is impossible to stop. I mean, every third of this order, I would take up against the best in baseball. Marcus Sivian, Seager, and Lowe in the top third. Some of the best hitters in all of baseball. Middle third, Adoles Garcia, Josh Young, Jonah Heim. Absolutely incredible in the bottom third, well, depending on the day, whether it's Robbie Grossman, Jankowski, and Lily Tavares, like it was today, or the Rangers might be getting some reinforcements for the bottom third of that order, and we'll get to that in the third segment. But the middle third today, Jonah Heim is looking much better. The month of May has not been kind to him at all. He has been really, really struggling, especially to get the uh, extra base hits. He hasn't had a home run since the second game in May. I believe that was May 3rd in the finale against the Diamondbacks, and he had just not been hitting for power, but as of late, I'm glad the Rangers gave him that day off on Friday because since then, he has a four-game hitting streak during that four-game hitting streak for Jonah Heim. He is stinging the baseball. He's got a slash line of three seventy five, four twelve, and five hundred in that four-game hitting streak. Adoles Garcia had a four-hit game. All of them were singles, which is not not something that you normally would think when a Dolce Garcia is having a four-hit game. Usually a couple of those are going over the fence, but all of them were very, very hard-hit balls. He is stinging the baseball like he does, looking like he is coming out of his little mini-slup. Slump hitting over 300 in his last seven games. I think that it was still not looking super great until you know you have a four-hit game, and that'll that'll skew those uh, seven-game sample size numbers pretty big. And Josh Young yet again coming up with a three-hit game and a massive home run, 107, 106.7 miles an hour off the bat. A somehow a only a 970 expected batting average, even though it's a home run in all 30 parks, um, 429 feet absolutely scorched in this one. The Rangers were barreling up balls really hard all day. Jonah Heim had 107 mile an hour uh, hit off the bat. Adoles Garcia had a single that was 111.9 miles an hour off the bat. Like I said, he has been stinging it yet again. Jonah Heim had 101.8 mile an hour double. Josh Young's double was 99 miles an hour as well. And um, yeah, it's just been baseball like baseballs have just been destroyed by the middle third of this order i mean josh young also extended his hit streak to 13 games marcus simeon extended his to 19 games both of those are the longest of their career marcus simeon's is the longest active hitting streak in major league baseball and josh young is just on another planet right now i I talked a little bit yesterday about the importance of the rookie of the year race i'll remind you that with the new cba and the new rules if the rangers get a rookie of the year if they if one of their players wins Rookie of the Year, you get an extra first-round draft pick. It is in not you know top thirty. It is in the kind of compensatory range of like thirty-one through forty, I believe is is where it lands. But Josh Young's breakout is huge. It's hugely important for the Rangers. He leads all American League rookies in FanGraphs WAR at one point four and. In baseball reference war, it likes him even better at 1.8. Fangraphs' war does not like his defense for whatever reason. I don't think baseball reference really does too, and I don't know what what those things are factoring in because the defense that I've seen from Josh Young has been exceptional, truly exceptional this year. Like it's he wanted to just be boring at third base defensively, not be a story, just be average defensively because he always knew that. The uh, the value that he brings is is mostly predicated on his offense, and you know he has been bringing that offense so far this year, hitting 291 on base of 338 and slugging 527 and 865 OPS, which is second on the team, only to Corey Seager. He has been putting up those kinds of offensive numbers, and his 12 bombs are second on the team to Adoles Garcia. If he keeps hitting like this, he might pass Adoles Garcia for the team lead. He is on pace for more than 30 home runs, 36 home runs, actually. Um, As a matter of fact, he has only missed three games this year. A couple of those were... Actually, I think all of those were due to injury, and he hasn't spent any time on the IL. Thankfully, he has been healthy this year. That has been the problem with him the last couple of years. He has just gotten some unlucky breaks in spring training, but now he is here. He is ready. He is dominating as the best rookie in the American League. I have loved what I've seen from Josh Young. The, the ceiling, the, the sky is the limit. With this guy, I mean, I've talked about it so many times before. But the best thing that you can see in a prospect, the most encouraging sign, I think, that you can look for in a prospect is a guy who just loves to put in the work, loves the game, will obsess over every detail. I mean, the physical tools. There's there's a million guys out there with all the physical tools in the world. You know, the guys with just the most insane raw strength and speed and um, athleticism and and stuff like that. And if they don't have the desire to Put in the work and get better and you know spend time grinding and even all those times all that time that he was hurt he was spending time around the game spending time in cages or on the, on the bench picking the brains of you know hitting coaches and anyone that he could he could bend their ear about hitting his work ethic is just absolutely astounding it is one of the best thing if not the best thing about him um is how much he obsesses over the game and that's why I was kind of laughing whenever I would see these projections on Josh Young when he was a prospect of, okay, well, you know, he can't do this. He can't do that. He can't do, you know, whatever thing that, they think that he can't do. We couldn't hit for power. Oh, he can't, uh, you know, pull the ball and hit for power. He can't, he's using too much of the opposite field or he's not walking enough or he's striking out too much. I mean, all of these things are things that he is improving constantly. Every single aspect of his game, he is working on and working tirelessly on and continually getting better during this hit streak just seeing how balanced he is at the plate how well he is seeing pitches out of the hand no matter who he is facing it is so encouraging and it is a sign of this is a legitimately fantastic hitter and he is hitting fifth in your order I don't think he should be moved up I don't think he should be moved down I think he's hitting perfectly exactly where it is and it just shows the depth of this line I mean The guys in this lineup have been just so incredibly good. The development from young players this year has been so important to the Rangers. Leody Tavares having a fantastic season with an OPS of over 800 while playing elite center field defense, hitting over 300 on base at 369. That's fantastic. He has been a revelation. The Rangers have not done a great job of developing young players to be impact big leaguers. They're doing that with Josh Young. They're doing that with Leo Tavares. And they're doing it with Ezekiel Durant, who is on the mend. And we might just see him in in the near future but I mean those three guys all breaking out like this to this degree and, and Josh Smith as well he's got an on base of 364 and an OPS of 721 while playing pretty darn good defense he's got three home runs this year all of them were absolutely smashed He is hitting the baseball much harder still walking at an elite rate and getting hit at an elite rate thankfully that has slowed down so <laughs> not as concerned about him having to land on the I.L. by getting hit by too many pitches but All of these young guys getting contributions from them all has been massive for the Rangers. And if they can get this bullpen right, there's nothing that this team can't do. They have the second-best record in all of baseball, and Jacob deGrom... Might just be on his way back. He's going to throw a bullpen today. We'll see where the Rangers decide to put him. If they decide to do a rehab stint with him, I don't think they will. I think they're just going to throw him straight into major league game and have Dane Dunning kind of piggyback off of him, which I think is smart. We saw what he looked like when he was rehabbing at the big league level in the back half of last year for the mets was still incredibly effective still had an era around three even though most of those starts in the back half of the season were him rehabbing at the big league level i mean this rangers team can stack up toe-to-toe with anybody they were second in mlb power rankings and i don't know that they're gonna be second for much longer if they continue on this kind of a stretch coming up we're gonna look at martin perez's rough outing what that means for this rotation and what are the Rangers going to do when Mitch Carver comes back and when the heck is that going to be? But first this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the everyday for making lockdown Rangers your first listen every day on Friday show. I'll be talking about farm Friday, t- picking a minor league player of the week and an update on a couple of injury scares from the Rangers top pitching prospects. Texas takes on the Mariners this weekend at home. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, there's a lot of good for the Rangers in this one. It was a comeback win. It was great to see the offense rolling on all cylinders. Ten runs again, which just feels like nothing to this Rangers team. Like, oh, ten runs. Most teams would be like, wow, what a great offensive day. And with the Rangers, it's just like, ah, ho-hum. This is just what this freaking offense does. They hit well with runners in scoring position. They hit bombs. They walk. They do good things. Um, and this is just how this team goes. But this was not a good day for Martin Perez. Not able to get through five innings. That is um, really frustrating. And the second time that he has not been able to get through five innings in his last few starts, a couple of seven inning outings, um, against Colorado and against Pittsburgh. Those were fantastic outings for him, just a couple of earned runs for him in those. But the couple of starts before, he had really struggled five innings against Oakland where he got kind of lit up, and three and two-thirds against the Angels, where he was kind of lit up in that game where the Rangers scored 16 runs. And kind of forgot about, about old Martin Perez's struggles, but he has really come back down to earth this year after a fantastic year last year. I thought that he would be more of last year's version of himself than he has been so far. I didn't think he would regress this far. I do still think that this is just this is a rough outing. This is Occasionally this will happen. He gave up four walks in four and two-thirds innings, but this is the team that has walked the most in all of baseball in the month of May. It, it is not particularly close to this Tigers team. They are a very patient team. That is one thing that they do very well, and one of the things that got Martin Perez into struggles last year is when he would walk too many batters and give up too many base runners. He's good at working around base runners. Um, he did keep the Tigers with only just one hit with runners in scoring position on the day, but they were still able to get to him, hung some baseballs for some big bombs, including a home run by the number 9 hitter, the catcher, Rogers, who has a 662 OPS, um, and I think that's a small sample size, so that home run really did benefit that, and also hung one to Andy Ivanez, who took it yard, took it very deep in the yard, who had been on an absolutely terrible stretch and that does not feel good in any way. But Martin Perez, at this point, I think is the weakest starter in the Rangers rotation, which is not what I thought he would be. I thought he would be the Rangers' number three. I thought he'd be a little better than John Gray. He was better than John Gray last year. I thought he'd be better than Heaney. So far, Heaney has a 376 uh, ERA in 10 starts. Martin Perez is up to 4.43 in 11 starts. Still doing a decent job of getting the Rangers work. Going those back-to-back seven-inning outings was huge for him, especially when this bullpen was struggling, but seeing the pen being able to pick him up after a rough start and even pick up Eovaldi after only going five innings, that is a huge, huge sign of the Rangers being in a very, very good place. And... The lineup is incredibly deep, and it could be getting deeper. Mitch Garver could be ready as soon as this weekend he has been rehabbing in AAA. And the Rangers are going to have some decisions to make when they bring him back and when they bring back Ezekiel Duran. He has been fielding baseball. He has not been swinging the bat yet, but he was placed on the 10-day I.L. on Saturday. Bruce Bochy said that he thought it would just be the 10 days that he is on the IL. I'm not sure if it was retroactive to the last time that he played, which I believe was that Tuesday game against Pittsburgh, because it had been a while since we had seen him in a game. The Rangers took a while to make the decision to put Ezekiel Duran on the IL, but they did that on Saturday. And the Rangers are going to have some some roster moves to make when they bring back Mitch Garver. Garver's probably going to come back first. And I got to say, it seems like the Rangers might DFA Sandy Leone and you may be thinking, okay, cool, the guy's got like 400 OPS and he's swinging a wet noodle of a bat. Why does it matter if the Rangers designate him for assignment? Surely no one's going to claim him. Well, there's a lot of teams that could use a veteran catcher who is a backup and can just be a solid guy behind the plate. We've seen how much the Rangers starters like throwing to him during Eovaldi's heater of a run. He threw to, uh, to Sandy Leon several times, and I think that that matters. I think a lot of these pitchers feel comfortable with him, and quite frankly, you can trust him to be healthy a lot more than you can trust, trust Mitch Garver. I love Mitch Garver. I love the trade form. I think it was a great move, and I hope that Garver can stay healthy. And I do still think that he needs to catch a little bit. But this active roster, um, there, there are some cuts that you can make before him. I think it's time to just cut bait with Brad Miller. I know ownership is going to be pissed. They have to swallow the money on a guy who they're paying four million dollars this year, but. You got to make winning moves at this point. You cannot be about saving money. It's going to be a sunk cost at some point. You might as well just go ahead and bite the bullet. Now, Brad Miller, it just, he does not provide you what you thought you were getting from him. It's frustrating and it's uh, disappointing. And maybe there's a chance that he figures it out later, but where are you going to put him in this lineup? Huh? He, who is he better than in this lineup that he should be getting every day at bats? Is it over Robbie Grossman? no, Is it, you know, the occasional day at third base to spell Josh Young? Absolutely not. I do not want to see him at third base defensively. I don't want to see him anywhere but first base defensively. He is not hitting for power. He is not getting on base. He's just not playing at all. So I think it's time to cut bait with Brad Miller, as sad as it seems. And then the Rangers are going to have to make a move when Ezekiel Duran comes back. And you think, okay, well, then are you going to designate Sandy Leone for assignment? I I still say no. I think at that point the Rangers should option Bubba Thompson back down to AAA. I don't think he's done anything that has been, you know, worthy of, of optioning him down other than the fact that this is just what gives the Rangers the best option to win. Leon, I think you can trust his health and if you have to cut him through waivers, I don't think that the Rangers are going to necessarily survive that. And then if Mitch Garver does get hurt or Jonah Heim gets hurt, then you have to call up Sam Huff to be your full-time backup catcher at the major league level. I don't think he's ready for that. I think he still needs some more seasoning in A. but I don't know if the Rangers do decide to do that. I, I get it, but either way they're going to have to cut bait with Brad Miller when one of these two guys comes back and um, you know, sooner as opposed to later is probably the move for that. But man, when this lineup does get back, get to full strength, um, it gets to all of these guys performing at the level they're at. I mean, Robbie Grossman being a bench bat coming in like every I don't know third day every maybe every other day he'll he'll play but you'll have Ezekiel Durant as your everyday left fielder and probably one of Mitch Garver or Jonah Heim catching or DHing every day that way everybody in this lineup is going to be a legitimate extreme offensive threat like it is just going to be the deepest lineup I think the Rangers have ever had when they are at full strength with, with these guys that they run out there and Adolis in right field, Leo in center, Ezekiel in left field. I mean, Corey Seager at short, the infield being exactly what it is like, this is just, this is absolutely absurd depth from a lineup that has been incredibly deep, even with the injuries to Corey Seager, even when um, they have missed time from missed a lot of time from Mitch Garver. Um, Even when, Leo Tavares was missing time as well. Like this, this lineup is just so incredibly stacked, so versatile. Every position player on this roster is an incredibly important position player. That's why you can't make these decisions lightly when they bring guys back. Everybody is needed, everybody has a role to play, and everybody plays that role really, really well. I mean, we'll see a lot less time of Travis Jankowski, who's hitting 299 with an on base of 372, as your guy who was literally the last position player that made the cut for this opening day roster. And, and the Rangers aren't going to want to designate him for assignment. he's been fantastic defensively in left field and right field and center field, wherever they've needed him getting on base, working good at bats. Like everybody on this roster has been providing value offensively, which is just, well, outside of, well, Sandy Leon, Bubba Thompson and um, Brad Miller. But outside of that, everybody else is putting together good at bats. This lineup is just I, honestly, it feels truly unfair when the Rangers get those two guys back. Maybe maybe they'll both go into slumps when they come back, and everybody else will end up slumping at, at some point. But like, it, it's just even when you have multiple guys in fairly prolonged slumps having one through nine all being offensive threats who at any given point can just go off and you know win you a game i feel like that i could say that about the best version of this lineup that every every single person in the lineup could have a day where they just go insane and literally win you a game that kind of thing is a rarity it is something that should be celebrated and this rangers team with its plus 128 run differential a third of the way into the season is looking like an absolute juggernaut that is just getting better. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. Check me out tomorrow after the Rangers maybe sweep this series against Detroit and on Friday when I pick a minor league player of the week. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.